Yes, it's Monday. You know what that means? It's time to talk about Ghost with me, Kev Eustace. As the intro just said, I don't know why I repeated that. Anyway, like podcasters say everywhere in the world, I hope you're all doing well. And I know I mean it. Some of them don't, you know. No, I'm sure they all do. Anyway, what have we got in store for you today? Well, we have all the usual stuff. We do have Paranormal Corner with Becca, or Reddit Corner with Becca. Um, However, today is a little bit different because one of us, it's not me, as you can tell, is exceptionally hung over. And therefore, I had to use a handheld device to go up to her on a couch and basically tell her off, but still ask her to do her segment because she signed up for this. Do you know what I mean? You don't say, let me have a regular segment. She didn't ask. And uh, and then turn up drunk. What can you do? But, you know, I also can't begrudge her a Christmas drink at this time of year. So we've got that to look forward to. And we also have a nice review, if I do say so myself, of a very good podcast that you need to check out. Like I say, I don't get paid for these reviews at all, but I hope that you do follow up on this review because it's very good. All will be revealed shortly. And we also have your fantastic true ghost stories. What an episode. But before we get to all that, I need to say thank you to our newest Patreons. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you get two extra shows every week, that's eight a month, guys. You also support this independent podcast and allow it to keep going. Go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And of course, when you do so, I also butcher your name via the medium of song. The guitar is well and truly out, and we only have the one wonderful new Patreon to say thank you to today, and that's Rosie Holgate. So, Rosie, this is for you. Yeah. Rosie Holgate signed up to Patreon, and she's gonna get all of the extra shows in. Rosie Holgate signed up to Patreon, and we would like to send a ribbon loving thanks to you. Ended it on a seventh, as we tend to do. So if you'd like to have your name sung out, what a gift. Go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now let's crack on with the show, shall we? It's time for Kev's Paranormal Review. I review things so you don't have to. But in this case, I want you to check out what the review is because it's a podcast and it's an amazing podcast. The first podcast of this review is called Haunted and it's by Danny Robbins. You may well be aware of Danny Robbins due to his work on the Battersea Poltergeist, which came to fame over the last 12 months and really took off. But before he'd done the Battersea Poltergeist, he'd done a podcast called Haunted. Okay, check it out. It's on Apple. It should be on Spotify. It's really well done. It's a series of about maybe 10 episodes and individual cases looked at in each one where they interview the people affected by the cases. It's really well put together. It genuinely is. And it's also terrifying. Now, he then went on to do the Battersea Poltergeist, but now his new podcast is out, available. It was only available on BBC Sounds, which is an app in the UK, but now it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And that's called Uncanny. Now, in truth, Uncanny is like Haunted Season 2. Okay, now Haunted was out about five years ago, so it's a long gap in between and it's called something different, but the style of it is identical to Haunted. So if you liked Haunted and you haven't yet checked out Uncanny, check it out because it's exactly the same format, same presenter, Danny Robbins, and it's brilliant. So this week's review is both Haunted and Uncanny. Check out Haunted first though, it's truly amazing. Um, So go and check it out, you like paranormal podcasts, and if you haven't yet checked out Haunted or Uncanny, 
It's two thumbs up for this week's review. Danny Robbins is the guy. Go do it now. Okay, now let's get right into your true listener experiences. And we have a bit of a great and lengthy, and I'm all for it, story that came in from Gabe in Ireland. And he writes, Hi, Kevin. Hi, Gabe. My name is Gabe. Feel free to use my name if you use my story. Again, I should have read that first, but I'm thankful that you gave permission because I've already done it. I'm 34 and live in Ireland. These events happened 13 years ago, but it feels like only yesterday. The occurrences that happened were terrifying. I can only hope I do my story justice as I'm not much of a writer. Well, you know what, Gabe? Thank you for putting it down then and sending it in. And let this be a lesson to all of you listeners who think I'm not much of a writer either. We're not bothered about the grammar. We're not bothered about how you write a story, but we do want your paranormal experiences. So be like Gabe. Push all of your fears to one side, write out your story and send it in to talkaboutghosts at hotmail.com or contact at talkaboutghosts. Either of those two email addresses will wing its merry way to me and I will then read it out as I'm about to for this Gabe's story. When I was 21, I met Sinead, now my wife. We met through a mutual friend at a party and she had a one-year-old son. Both of us were fresh out of relationships and neither of us were looking for love, but when we met, everything just clicked. Sinead had her own house that she shared with her son. After a few months, she asked me to move in. Although it was quite quick, it felt right. I moved in with her and we were so happy. I always wanted a family and now I had a ready-made one. I'd stayed over many times with no weird feelings or recurrences, but when I moved in, something in the atmosphere just didn't feel right. Like the energy in the house hated my permanent presence there, or the happiness that filled it. I know that sounds bizarre, but these feelings were very overwhelming. One evening after a bath, we'd put our son to bed. We settled down to watch a movie, Half an hour in, boom, boom, boom. Footsteps running across the landing. We thought our son had woken up and was running about. I went to put him back into bed, but when I got into his room, he was snoring. How weird, I thought. I went back downstairs to continue our movie. Five minutes later, boom, 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 boom. The footsteps again only this time louder and more authoritative. I ran upstairs this time, but nothing. Nothing but a content sleeping child. Must be the pipes, I convinced Sinead. Probably an airlock or something. We contacted the landlord and they had a plumber call. He checked everything out but could find no faults. Things began moving around the house with no explanation. Every day I dropped Sinead to work and our son to crash. I would return home and tidy up before I started work. Every day I would put a toy tricycle in the front porch, close the porch doors and lock up. And every evening when we returned, the porch doors would be open and the tricycle would be in the kitchen, living room or hall. Piles of toys would be stacked in the centre of the living room 
I was really alarmed by all this, but said nothing. I didn't want to scare Sinead. I didn't want to scare myself. The back bedroom was used as storage, mainly because the room was terrifying. No matter how warm the house was, it was freezing. No matter how bright the rest of the house was, this room was darker. I hated the room. It made me feel like it was filled with CCTV cameras and eyes were on me from every angle. Unfortunately, the room needed gutting as my friend Mark was visiting and staying the night. Mark arrived and we had a great evening. Some food, beer, reliving our childhood days. When we'd had our fill, we headed to bed. Night, mate, I said. Mark chirped, see you in the morning. Waking to a banging sore head, I rose and headed downstairs to put the kettle on. I was quiet and trying not to wake anyone. Tiptoeing down the stairs, I noticed Mark sleeping on the couch. How did you end up here? Mate, that room was freezing. Couldn't warm up all night. And my stomach was in knots. I came downstairs and put the TV on and just passed out, Mark replied. The minor activity in the house continued and became more frequent. Toys, not where we put them. Footsteps upstairs when we were downstairs and vice versa. Cupboard doors would be opened. The fridge would be wide open, etc. We nearly became accustomed to it. The fear factor dwindled. Have a great night, said Una, Sinead's mum. We will. See you around 11pm. We were getting a rare date. Food and movie at the cinema. It was bliss. When we arrived home, every light was on. We thought it was very strange. And when we got inside, our son was up, wide awake, and Una's boyfriend was there too. You could have told me the house was haunted, said Una. While the baby was in bed, I tidied up. Then the footsteps began. I thought he'd woken up and went to put him back. But when I got there, he was sleeping. When I went downstairs, all the toys were everywhere. I started tidying again and the thudding began upstairs again. I stormed upstairs and he was still sleeping. I thought to myself, fuck this. I grabbed the baby and ran downstairs and called Michael. I heard the footsteps too. They got louder when I arrived, said Michael. Una began ranting, you need a priest. Get the house blessed. We explained it had been happening for a while, but that I hadn't escalated, so we were content. Plus, how do you tell people and expect them to believe you that your house is haunted? Roll on a few weeks, and my 13-year-old sister Megan was sleeping over. She went to sleep in the back room. She lasted 28 minutes. We heard screaming and crying, I want to go home now. What's wrong? I said. There's something in the corner, a big shadow. Megan cried. I tried to settle her, but to no avail. I'm not staying here, call mum now. I took Megan home. Her reaction was completely out of character, but worryingly, I believed everything she said. It was Sinead's birthday and we had a barbecue party. Sinead was pregnant now and we were planning a wedding. 
so the party was nothing too extreme. When everyone went home, I only tidied round a little. I could finish the rest in the morning. I put all the plates on the worktop and all the beer bottles, both full and empty, and glasses on the table. I locked up and went upstairs. As I was just getting into bed, smash, bang, crash. What the fuck, I said. I truly thought that the house was under attack from thugs or vandals. It sounded like every window had been smashed. I ran downstairs. No one will ever hurt my family while I'm here, I thought. The kitchen was trashed. Every plate, cup, bottle smashed. The debris covered the whole kitchen. It was terrifying. How did this happen? I had no idea. Every door and window was locked. No one gained entry to our house. Surely our ghost couldn't have done all this. Sinead and I decided it was time to get a priest out. We contacted the parish office and our local priest, Father Devlin, was booked in to visit in ten days' time. Ten fucking days, I thought. We need help now. But we had no choice but to wait. The next night in bed, I got Sinead a pint of water. She took a drink and set the glass down. We both looked at each other. Snap. The top of the pint glass was cut in a perfect circle, like it was cut by a laser. I'd never seen glass cut so clean. The cut was so clean and circular, it was like a near-perfect wrist bangle. The entity was growing stronger than we ever imagined. Feeding on our fear? Getting angrier the happier we got? I don't know. Our son was nearly two now. We put a child gate at his bedroom door so he couldn't get out during the night. He began to refuse to go to bed, crying that he hated his room. He was scared and couldn't sleep. He stood at the gate for ages every night. All advice we got was that this was normal. Just persevere and don't give in and he'll settle and this is just a behavioural phase that'll pass. As the nights went on, it persisted. He began crying and was afraid during the night. We would bring him into our bed and he'd settle straight away. Now this is common behaviour amongst young children, but what happened next is definitely not. We put our son to bed the next night and eventually he exhausted himself and fell asleep. 30 minutes or so later, we heard him screaming in convulsions, his child gate shaking and rattling in fear. The woman, the woman, she's scary. We thought it was just a bad dream. The next night, the same fear, the same convulsions, the pure terror in his eyes. The woman on my window, she's scary. Her face is scary. We believed him. With all the activity in the house and it escalating, the entity was now clearly strong enough to manifest physically. We contacted the priest again. He couldn't come any earlier. When it was time for Father Devlin to arrive, he didn't show up. A man of God in our time of need let us down. We were lost, stuck, not knowing what to do. Family gave us holy relics and holy water to bless the house and to wear to keep us safe. 
my mum recommended we contact the spiritualist church in Belfast. They agreed to help. They came to our house and had a chat about our experiences. They confirmed we had an entity dwelling in our home. She was female and she didn't like me. That's why the activity began when I moved in. Our happiness reminded her of her husband and how he broke her heart when he ran off. In her heartache, she went into deep depression, drinking, etc. She lost her children as they were taken into care. Feeling she had nothing left to live for, she hung herself in the back bedroom. We were invited to escort the spiritualists around the house, blessing each room one by one. They explained they blessed the rooms one by one and the four corners of each as the spirit can hop or hide rather than leave. The blessing was terrifying. Nothing extravagant happened, but knowing you have an entity in your home and you're chasing it from room to room is a real ordeal. When we finished, the spiritualist said our house was clean. We didn't need them to say that it was clean. We knew. We could feel it was gone. It's a cliche to say, but the air, the atmosphere, was lighter. We were free. Or were we? The event took its toll on us and we left. We tried to move sooner, but nothing was available at the right money. We were so desperate we moved our family into a one-bedroom flat for three months until we found a nice family home. Flash forward 13 years and we're still a happy family. Our son has no memories of the experiences and Sinead and I rarely speak about it. Trust me, words don't do our experiences justice. I'm a huge fan of both your podcasts. Keep up the great work, Gabe. Wow. Oh my lord, Gabe. Now, Gabe wanted that hopefully to go on the dark paranormal, but I think it was much more suited here. And I hope that's okay with you, Gabe. Um, Just due to the length and stuff like that. But let's talk about your effing experiences there, because that sent a chill right through my spine to my little pinky toe. And I hope it's not a stroke I'm having. But yes, oh my lord, you said at the start that you didn't know whether you could write this and do it justice. You did, mate. You've done it fantastically well. The way you positioned that building up from just things moving around, toys being knocked over, to some terrifying woman sitting on your kid's windowsill. That is terrifying beyond belief. And like the running around upstairs, things running up and down the stairs. It's just an amazing ghost story. I mean, it's horrific. Don't get me wrong. And this is the the just juxtaposition. Great word. But it is that you often find, or I often find as a podcast host, when you're reading out people's experiences, they're amazing and they're dead good for the show because they're so terrifying. And you can only imagine the horror, what it would be like to go through that event. So they're amazing for the show. But I do appreciate it's absolutely horrific to have gone through that in a genuine situation. I don't know what I'd do. I just don't know what I'd do. I think I'd do the same in terms of trying to get a priest in, a young and an old one, of course, and get them to do their magic around the house. But it seems like the spiritualist church came in and they done what they needed to do. It's interesting what you're saying about, I didn't know that, by the way, about a spiritualist will come in, cleanse the house by doing the four corners of each room. That's really interesting because um, a friend of mine's wife's mother or ex-wife's mother, and she's Irish, they're an Irish family, um, Northern as well, but she is a lovely lady, Caroline, and or Caroline, should I say, but she says that 
demons sit in the corner of rooms, in the top corner of rooms. And she said, like, you know, if a place is haunted, she says if it's an evil entity, it will hide in the top upper right, upper left corners of rooms. And that's why you should smudge. And she said that before it even read, obviously before I'd read your story. Um, but fascinating, mate. Thank you so much for sending it in. And I think we can all agree the bride looks terrified and needs to change her underwear stat. That was amazing, mate. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to write that out and send it through. So don't forget, if you've got a story just like Gabe's, doesn't have to be just like it. It'd be a bit weird if it was identical, in fact. Send it through to contact at talkaboutghosts or talkaboutghostsahotmail.com. Either of those will get through to me. But thank you so much, Gabe. Our next story comes in from Laura. And it's entitled, and I think we can all agree this is going to be a goodie, Ouija board story. Hooray! We haven't had a Ouija board story in ages, so I'm looking forward to this. Hi, Kev. Hi. Becca. Hi. And the neighbour's cat. Meow. I heard your reboot. Roo, I can't speak. I heard your reboot of the show and Becca's Reddit story, and I have a similar story to this. It still chills me to the bone, so I've created a different email and name to share it with you. Okay, good. So I didn't have to worry about using Laura's name because it's not a real name. Hopefully. Um, the story is 100% true and I still cannot explain it. I've changed names to protect people's privacy. Wow. Okay, I'm into this already. So this is Laura's story. When I was 12, I went to my friend's house. We will call her Louise. After school and we were playing on her PlayStation. When our other friend Sarah turned up. Sarah didn't live nearby and wanted to stay at my house. We were all playing and laughing when Sarah, who was into the unusual, wanted to play on a Ouija board. I said no way, as my dad had a bad experience as a teenager and forbid us from ever using one. My dad, who has now passed, wasn't religious or a big believer, but if you mentioned Ouija boards, he would go mad and say never bring one into this house. Louise and Sarah wrote the letters of the alphabet on pieces of paper and got a glass from the kitchen and started playing. I refused and literally sat on the floor with my back facing them. I did not want to be part of this. They were laughing and messing around when the glass started to move and I heard them laughing. It spelt out a boy's name, let's say Alan, as I don't want to repeat the actual name just in case. They were asking it stupid questions like, are you single, etc. But the laughing soon stopped. The glass went mad and said, you're mine. They started freaking out and I told them to burn the letters. I told Sarah I was going home and she needed to come with me if she was staying at mine. But she refused. I don't know if they continued playing after I left, but I got my coat and walked the mile home down the lit streets. I talked to my mum and dad and then went to my room. I felt better and decided to get ready for bed. In the bathroom, I washed my face and then looked up to the mirror. I was horrified to see the name Alan all over the bathroom mirror, written in a chalky substance. There's no way anyone could have done this. My parents were downstairs and my one sibling had left home and the other was unable to access the mirror. I shouted to my mum and dad and asked when they last used the bathroom. They said a few hours ago. I asked if Sarah or Louise had called here. They said not since this morning. And this was before mobile phones, so I know they didn't call the house phone. I decided to forget about it and went to bed. 
Unfortunately, bad things tend to happen when you mess around with this kind of stuff. Sarah was killed a few months later in a car accident. Louise's parents, who were together since teenagers, split up, and my brother passed away unexpectedly. I will never allow one of those boards in my house, and I've never told anyone this story. It still haunts me today. I have a few more stories that I'll send over to you. Wow. Laura, please do. I just, I didn't know it was going to go that dark. Obviously, I'm deeply sorry for the loss of your brother and your friend. Jesus wept. That's horrific. You know what? I d I've mentioned this before. I don't know where I stand on Ouija boards. Well, I don't stand on them. That'd break them, of course. But a bum tish. But no, I don't know where to stand on Ouija boards. Part of me knows the absolute truth is that the glass or the planchette is pushed by you as the user. It's idiomotor action. It's been proven that it's small, unconscious judderings of your hand that is moving it. But where I still think there still could be a paranormal course coming in there is, yeah, you may well be moving it. You may be the physical engine that's moving that planchette around. But if you're not conscious of it and they know that the idiomotor response is a non-conscious activity, what's to say some sort of spirit isn't using your unconscious to guide that? That's the thing that I can't, that I'm not really set on. It makes me uneasy to think that, and this might be why people are so against Ouija boards from like the Catholic faith, definitely. But maybe when you use a Ouija board, you're sort of possessed. You know, that's what's moving your arm around. It's a definite human physical reaction, the idiomotor response. It's been proven, it's a scientific fact, that it's an unconscious juddering of your hand that, that is directing this thing around. But what if it's not that unconscious? What if you're possessed by whatever spirit's trying to come through the board? Just partially possessed. Terrifying, terrifying. But thank you, Laura, for sending that in. And um, yeah, wow, what a series of stories. So, if you have some paranormal stories you want to share with the show, of course, as of now, as of now, as by now, you should know the address. Send them in to either contact at talkaboutghosts.com or talkaboutghosts at hotmail.com. Yes. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, should we go and see what the drunken state of Becca is? Yes, I think we shall. Oh, and remember, like I said earlier, because she's hungover, we couldn't set up the proper microphone thing, so we had to do it on the handheld, hence the dip in audio quality which I'm sure she'll apologise for. She won't. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Okay, so you can tell by the quality of the recording that we're not microphone to microphone. No, no, because the host of Reddit Corner with Becca, namely Becca, say hello, Becca. Hello, Becca. Went out on a mad night out and is in no condition to be walking around the house, let alone sitting at a table talking into a microphone. So I've had to bring the handheld up to her on the couch. This is not professional, Becca. I accidentally had too much wine and rum. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. So spirits of a different kind have, have wreaked havoc with you today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was in the spirits, I don't know, something to do with spirits. Insert joke here. Insert joke here. Well, you can tell just what I've had to deal with for, for this first morning. <laughs> so, Becca, you're still, because, you know, you've signed a contract, so you still have to read a story from Reddit about the paranormal. I'm not and, even getting paid for this. Um, I'll make you water whenever you want. Okay. I say make you water. I'm going to pour a glass <laughs> yeah, under no, the tap. Yeah, no, if you bring it to me, I'll be really grateful. So, yeah. Okay. Read this story from Reddit. 
What, what do I... I've forgotten what I said. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. That's good, yeah. Let's begin. Let's begin. A house that my mum, my stepdad and myself lived in years ago was once a meth lab where many people died in an explosion. Nice. <laughs> yell. Start what easy. start. This house always gave off creepy feelings. Not surprised. Yeah. No mess in Sherlock. First day we were there, I noticed blood smeared on the back of the door and thought nothing of it, thinking maybe it was just mud. But this was in the dead of winter. Sorry, I got distracted on your phone. It just popped up a message from my mum. Oh, really? Yeah. Why's your mum messaging me? I don't know. Anyway, carry on. Um, That's scary in itself. <laughs> um, I thought nothing of it, thinking maybe it was just mud. But this was in the dead of winter. There's another one. Next, I was being woken up in the middle of the night by gibberish being spewed into my ears and a hard, firm tug on my leg that couldn't have been a spasm because it pulled my entire body across my bed. I've got something to tell you, actually, about last night, but carry on. We'd all wake up with several scratches on us. We didn't own a cat, but had a Boston Terrier that had never scratched us before living there, so we didn't think it was her. Me and my mum had been hissed at by something once when she was going to bring laundry in the basement when she was home alone and she told me she screamed out loud, fuck this, and went into the dining room. <laughs> Fair play. And immediately called my stepdad trying to get him to come home from work. The inside window of the dining room decided decided to explode. Decided. <laughs> sentient windows. Sentient suicidal windows. Decided to explode and the outside one was intact. After we moved out, our distant cousins moved in and they had told us they experienced similar things before we ever mentioned having anything happen when we lived there. Couldn't pay me enough money in the world to get me to live there again. And someone's commented, okay, you win. Ghosts sound bad enough, but meth head ghosts. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, a crackhead slash meth head ghost would yeah. be petrifying. So what do you make of that then? I mean, do you think that like a place of ill repute, such as a drug den, could harbour ghosts if it exploded and killed everyone in it. Maybe they're just being too judgmental. Maybe they're like, oh, meth place, like, oh, must have bad feelings. Maybe they're just being, like, really mean. Really mean about the drug creators? Yeah. Yeah, I know you're going to join a march for people who have been nasty to serial killers next. What? That's not the same. It's not the same. Just to say, ladies and gentlemen, Becca's sat here with her hand on her head, red-eyed, lying on the couch, prostate, so we're not going to get much sense out of you today. I don't know what that means. I mean... That's the... like a bit in your bum. Yeah, it's def- I don't mean a <laughs> lying there like a bit in your bum. I mean, whatever you call it when somebody's lying flat out. It's like prostate, was it's, it? I don't know. Anyway. I'm not the person to ask. You're not the right. person to ask at the minute. Yeah, no, you're not. I overdid it. So I had I... wine and cheese. You did have wine and cheese. And you had lots of it, didn't you? Yeah, I had too much cheese. Too much cheese for a little girl. That's probably why I feel... Don't call me a little girl. I know, it's really I know. creepy and it weird. It creepy, I um, Yeah, I think that's why I feel so bad it was the cheese. Anyway, not paranormal, but jumping back into paranormal, because we don't ramble on this podcast. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, you cheeky, drunken mare. What did happen last night? I will repeat, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> what did happen last night is when I was lying in bed, maybe about two o'clock, you wasn't home yet. Um, I genuinely felt the cat's paw go on my chest, mm. um, which you can do now and again, and then go to climb onto your chest. Yeah. So I opened my eyes and looked down. The cat was next to me, curled up on your pillow. Really? And I, I was like, what's that? And then I felt it kind of roll. It was like as if somebody put like a bottle of coke on your chest and you're like as you move it rolls up towards your chest and rolls back down right. a definite weight and then it started falling back asleep and then it felt like the, the covers were pulled from the bottom right corner 
But again, the cat I mean, was next to me. I mean, that would be scary because it's freezing in our bedroom. Exactly, but the, the cat was next to me on the bed. And I was actually thinking, shit, is this the start of, like, actual poltergeist activity now? If these covers get pulled, what do we do? <laughs> and then next thing you know, I was woken up by some drunk bursting into the house at four in the morning. Bursting in? I used the key to get in the door. That's like... Fi- eventually, no when could, you found the hole. No one could No one could have... We've all been there. Sounded like a giant <laughs> mouse trying yeah. to get in. <laughs> no one could have got in quieter. Well... To be debated. Anyway, Becca, um, kindly apologise to all of your fans. Why? Because you're, you're not good audio quality today. You're, I am? Good, you're good quality. You're just not good audio quality because I read that like a pro. You did read it like a pro. One take again, and that was sight reading. I never read that before. That was sight reading. How do you normally read Braille? No, you could. Again, you're just not professional. Uh, oh, sight reading is when you just reading like for, for this for the first. That's time how I do then. all my podcasts. So don't you be talking about pros to me, woman. Well. Anyway, do you want some water? Okay, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Say I'll be back next week and I apologise. I'll be back next week and, and I, I do feel sorry, but not because of this. I feel sorry <laughs> for the way I feel. I, I, I will not do this to myself again for a while. Or to the listeners. Okay, we'll speak to you next week, Becca. Okay. You just can't get the staff these days, can you? Only joking. She deserves a night out now and again, don't we all? So, that brings us to the end of today's show. I sound Scottish then. That brings us to the end of today's show. If you'd like to become a Patreon and you like this kind of thing, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. You'll help keep the show free for everyone on this feed. Yes, you will. And keep the show going, really. And you get two extra shows each and every week, so all round it's a good deal. Go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. If you've got a spooky story, send it in to contact at talk about ghosts or talk about ghosts at hotmail.com. Either of those I will get. And in the meantime and in between time, take care of yourselves and each other, as Jeremy Springer used to say back in the day. Okay, you lovely folk. I will catch you all next week. Tatty bye. <laughs>